Hey, hey, it's Goddess MC and Mystic Aki bringing you the podcast for black women, about black women, and by black women. So, so no, no subject, subject is taboo, taboo, and magic is welcoming you. So come on in and have a seat because the girlfriend's couch is on right now. Hey, 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 this is your co-host, Goddess MC, and I am sitting here with my girlfriend and my G, Mystic Aki. How you doing? What up, y'all? Hey, I'm wonderful. How are how are you? I'm actually doing really, really good. Uh, want to thank everybody for coming on in and joining us here on episode, I think we're on episode seven of The Girlfriend's Couch. Really? I feel like we done had about 30 episodes. <laughs> I know. It feels like, you know... We've been doing this a long time or whatever. I guess because we have all these ideas in our head. So it's like, I, I feel like we have so many episodes already. But No, nah, anyway. you know what it is? <laughs> it's because our asses be talking. And we, and we should be recording episodes while we talk because so many of our episodes that's are it. formulated from our conversation. Our conversations, yes. That's very <laughs> so that's, that's exactly what it is. But today, today, my nigga. We about to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about sex. And I feel like this is the episode that's been waiting to be recorded. Um, but we are very strategic and, and um, intentional about when we record. We, this has yeah. been on the, um, on the topic suggestion board for, I think, mm-hmm. since the beginning. But yes, we, were, we didn't know how to, I won't say we didn't know how to approach it. Um, mm-hmm we bring the spiritual in with our with our episodes so what we were trying to do the energy had to be right Right. so we just wanted to make sure the energy was right before we got into the topic so yeah and also we didn't want to like be extremely like redundant because we know that everybody talks about sex it's a common uh conversation right um but we want to make sure that this held some some death and definitely yeah some meat and potatoes or whatever uh get them you know underneath the surface Mm -hmm. so starting off and out the gate you know let's start from the beginning (laughs) from the beginning um oh shit so so, drink my wine (laughs) (laughs) so first of all we want to talk about how and what developed our concepts of sex. Like, where did that start? Who did that come from? Or what did that come from? And I know saying what might be kind of like a huh, but you'd be surprised. You'd be well, surprised. okay. So for me, um, no, y'all, we open and we are very honest on this show. Um, when I really discovered that body parts were different, amongst boys and girls Mm -hmm. um in all transparency I was about maybe four years old and Mm -hmm. um one of my cousins he was probably about maybe six or seven touched me in the closet just Mm -hmm. touched me and I was like okay I don't know I don't think we supposed to be doing this first of all because we (laughs) got in the closet (laughs) and second of all I don't know if you supposed to be touching me right here. And he was like, well, yours is different than mine. And I was like, what do you have? <laughs> and he showed me what he had. And I was like, oh, well, that's definitely not what the fuck I have. So <laughs> 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 I 
I mean, we were both kids. I don't honestly, um, I wouldn't at this point look at it in a um, in a bad way, I guess, because mm. I, I, I guess he was discovering or had had that same experience with someone else. So he just thought that that was okay. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I can't really say that it traumatized me. That was just when I realized that they got shit that hangs and we got shit that cups. That was my first thing. What was your first experience with? Oh, uh, ooh, um, ooh. Well, first of all, my mom has been talking about sex since I can remember. <laughs> since I, I literally, since I can remember. And <laughs> it has always been like, um, you know, I, we were fully explained, like, and I have an older brother that I grew up with. We were always fully explained, like, what our private parts were, what were the appropriate names mm-hmm. for them. You know, nobody's supposed to touch you down there unless it's, uh, well, with my mom, it was always, you know, unless it's me or whatever, because she was just like, your daddy ain't supposed to touch down there or whatever. Because at that age, I was old enough to, you know, be wiping right. myself or whatever. So right. maybe, I, I don't know, I'll probably... Like, I I remember being very aware of my body, mm-hmm. um, young, mm-hmm. possibly three, four, mm-hmm. somewhere right up in there, same as you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like conversations, like she always talked about sex. Like we knew how I knew how babies got here in kindergarten. Like that was never for any oh, damn. misconception. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like. I never thought about. You know, I never. We never got into the stork or, you know, Cabbage Patch Kids or, you know, none of that silly shit. Now, I knew the I truth. But I will say I didn't know. Okay. I will say that I didn't get any misconceptions, but I didn't get the flat out like, okay, this is what sex is. This is how you were made. Like, it kind of was like, it was assumed that they would tell me sometime in life type shit. Like, but did that ever well, happen? Or did you no. just figure I'm it out? Honest. I just figured the shit out. So <laughs> um, I did. I figured it out. Um, my mother wasn't a very, and she still isn't to this day. She wasn't a very um, a woman who was really comfortable with her sexuality, right? Mm. Um, you know, yeah. she was very modest, you know, very, mm. you know. And here I come with my you know, but if she was asked at 12 years old, um, <laughs> looking like a grown woman at 12, I mean, I developed very fast. Um, mm. And so, in a way, she tried to make me be modest because it was like, okay, you developing way too fast as though I had any control over that shit, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like, cover up, you know, you can't wear this and you can't wear that. And it, really I think um made me feel ashamed of myself as a young woman because it was like not only that it was I also didn't like it it was a two-way street Mm -hmm. I wanted to wear what I wanted to wear I didn't want to be you know just out here with people called fast back in those days but I just wanted to wear regular clothes and she would want me to wear stuff that was more baggy, but there was a catch-22 to that. When I wanted to wear my own clothes, I had grown-ass men looking at me, and that was very uncomfortable for me as a, a, as a young girl because I wasn't 
seeking that attention. You know what I'm saying? We have this misconception that girls, you know, may dress a certain way because they are seeking the attention of somebody. Right, or right. It, bef- it befuddles the fuck out of me when you hear how they make excuses for grown-ass men who prey on young girls. Well, she was dressed like this. She's a child. You know what I'm saying? So I guess my point in that was when I was really supposed to be discovering um, sex in a normal way as I was going into a teenager, I went into a shell about it because my mother mm-hmm. didn't really address who she was as, you know, in that sexual, um, that sexual side of her. She was a beautiful woman, still beautiful to this day, but she's very modest and always, you know, demure. And I just kind of felt like I didn't want to bring shame to her. So I kind of mm. took that on early. But nigga, when I got a little bit older, <laughs> the teenage nigga, shit, hey, I don't know what you talking about. Look <laughs> if you buck. <laughs> you know what it's interesting what you said because i was waiting for you like to, to like bring that out waiting for that to bubble to the top was like some of uh how what's the word am i looking for um common it is for shame to be associated with the idea or the conception of sex because right. from what i learned you know the majority no all of it as far as sex is concerned came from my mother that was the other interesting thing. It's like my dad never talked about it at all or whatever. But it came from my mom. But it was just strictly in the vein of this is what you do to have kids. And that's it. And if you have sex, you're going to have a baby. And you know what I'm saying? And that was it. It was never any conversations around the purpose of sex, the pleasure of sex, you know, right. Um, right. masturbation. God forbid. Like, I still child i i shudder at the thought of even thinking like that Ugh. and it's not like a gross thing it's just like you know i have in my mind this frame of you know I what, what i understand what what, what, my, what my mother understands sex to be or how what her beliefs are about sex so uh-huh. it's just like i i will never have a, a conversation like mm-hmm. like with one of my girlfriends like well will we talk about with sex I never had that conversation with my mom. So, so that, um, Girl, and I wait. say that, I highlight that because I know women who have regular conversations about sex with their mothers, and I'm like, how the hell y'all do that? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Listen, this is how, this is how weird the conversation with my, uh, with my mother about sex is. So, this probably was like last year, I don't know, maybe the year before. Me and my mother were out doing something together, and we went to Meyer and I had just started my menses and I was, I had been wanting to try the cup, the diva cup. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, Oh, this is the perfect time to get it. You know, I'm tired of doing all the other stuff. I want to try something different for my body. And she was with me and she had went to go do her own little thing. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna be over here in the feminine products aisle. So she went and got her stuff and came and found me and I'm got the cup and I'm reading about it in the box. And she was like, what's that? And I'm like, I'm showing she's like, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, um, you insert it. And she was like, oh. and I was like, look, this is how, this, it just put the shit out of me. I'm like, are you a grown woman or what? Like, how am I your daughter? And I'm expecting <laughs> that this goes up in your vagina and it catches your, like, come on, grow the fuck up. <laughs> but you know, it's a lot like, of it is just that, I think it is individualistic, you know, their responses. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. To you know, a, around conversations with sex, but I also think that it's just part of that generation that it's like you know, you don't discuss things like that. Right. You know, that's that's private. That's what you discuss in the privacy of your home, in your bedroom, and right in, in the privacy right. of your bedroom. But the thing is, is that what what that causes is a lot of us to go into bedrooms un- inexperienced or you know, you know or naive. Something. I'm gonna say something. I am willing to say this that because my mother wasn't as comfortable in her sex, I'm pretty sure that she probably didn't express herself that much in the bedroom either. No. A lot of no. those women from that era did not. And so they weren't, you know, um, when you read stuff about women being in their 40s and their 50s and have never experienced a real orgasm, and you wonder why, it's because they were so um, taught to be so um, where it's private about conservative and conservative about their feelings mm. towards sex. They didn't even know what it was like to be able to be comfortable enough to explain to their partner, okay, I like this, I like this, I don't like this, and I do like this. I like to, I like to have an orgasm. I'm not about to lay here and act like that shit felt great and who went high. Mm-mm. And I ain't get shit. Like they don't <laughs> like they don't come from that. Like that was just like, okay, you had sex and it might be pleasurable to you and it might not. You wasn't they weren't really You're really right. It's conveyed as though it's like a roll of the dice. <laughs> right, right. Like I'm playing out. You may like this or you might not. Right. Hey, I don't know. And so um I think that the th- with our generation, you know they like to condemn the the I don't know the little Kims and stuff like that but I would say that brought us more into us being comfortable with being um more sexual, sexual. more more um desirable and I'm not no, don't get it twisted I ain't saying like look looking no nah, dog no you're talking but I'm about saying like us for being, being sexy right and being a and being a woman in your shit and saying, hey, I like sex. I like it. Right. I like it. Whether <laughs> it be with whoever. And it's funny that you brought that up because I was going to say, I was like, a, a lot of what framed um, my views around sex was definitely what I was taught, you know, by my, by my mother, the church, um, and shit, uh, Lil' Kale's Hardcore. <laughs> when that shit dropped in high school it was just like oh shit with the little with the leopard yeah, with the like leopard album come around hey just like you know the, the, the conversations that she was having with her lyrics sparked conversations you know between me and my friends like nigga did you know <laughs> hey, did you know about this like did he could put his mouth on it and baby it is better what? better better we didn't understand we didn't start exploring those ideas until you know we right. had albums like that um and what was and, and even let's go back to when we talk about what formed our original uh, cons- uh concepts around sex i always thought that because of the way it was talked about in the context it was talked about, you do it to have children, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You only do it when you're married, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was more of a, 
in the in the frame of this is what a woman has to do in order to please her man, and it really ain't got shit to do with you. Exactly, and that's, and that's <laughs> exactly why I'm saying like that era of those women. Can you imagine the amount of women? Because like I, I remember back in the day, what was that magazine that we used to get? Um, shit, was it Claire magazine? I can't remember what the magazine back in the day, but you always had like a sex article in it. And I remember mm-hmm. like I would read some of the stuff and it would be like, um, maybe it was like 16 magazine, but anyway, it was a women's magazine. And they always talked about like, different ways that women could receive se- uh, sexual pleasure and mm-hmm. in some of the articles it would be like you know like they would take surveys and it would say something like 70 or 80 percent of global american women say that they've never experienced a orgasm and it could be mm-hmm. from the ages of 18 or shit 20 something to 30 something i'm like shit and that's because a lot of those women were literally felt like they were having sex to please their man. They didn't know that mm-hmm. they were supposed to receive pleasure too. And so therefore it was looked at as some as though as something that you did as it was something that was happening to you. Not something that yeah. you were actively, actively engaging in. It participating in exactly. Right. Exactly. And so I think that that also with our parents formed our, you know, views around sex. I, I think that um I've always been different. Just shit. I always have. I don't give a shit how much my mother wanted me to be like her. Goddamn, I was different. <laughs> okay. Um, I lost my virginity at 18, 19. I was a late bloomer. 18, 19. Somewhere in there. Because you see, I'm over here like, damn, nigga, I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> now, was I doing some kissing and some touching and some other stuff? Yeah, yeah. But I was, um, I want to say I was a goody two-shoes. I was just one of those, um, I didn't want to disappoint my, my biggest thing was disappointing my father. That was my biggest thing. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to disappoint my father. And I was always one of those younger ladies that I was like, I don't know, I had to be in a relationship with you for me to feel like we needed to mm-hmm. be in. I wouldn't know you just about to get some some pussy nah nigga mm-mm. so I didn't do it until I felt that I was ready to and then once I did it I was like the fuck like I told you talking about once you had sex or once you had once I had sex once I had sex for the first time I really was disappointed (laughs) because I I think everybody was I I didn't have any idea what to expect again because I didn't have these conversations with my parents. It was just kind of um, assumed that I would know, like, get it from sex ed type of thing. And that was another Mm. thing. Like, I didn't feel comfortable doing it because I didn't know enough about it. I didn't Mm. get those talks with my parents. Like, it was just kind of like, uh, she'll find out some kind of way. Shit, we don't know how we gonna do this and I think one of the things was, was like my father assumed that my mother would talk to me about it uh-huh. and my mother probably just was like I don't know what the fuck to say she'll <laughs> so figure it out never did. she'll figure it out and so um yeah even after my first sexual experience when I lost my virginity I still was very um 
I would say, conservative for a mm-hmm. while about sex. Um, I didn't really open up about sex until I was about 19, 20, and I became a dancer. <laughs> so that's my little team Somebody right there. Get her. She's on that pole. Like <laughs> hey, but that's all right, ball. too. Hey, we all got something that we are, and I'm, and listen, I'm not ashamed about it. That's why I tell people, like, I've come a long fucking way, but I tell you what, I learned so much shit from those days, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So many positions I was in back then, but in, in I think for oh, me... I thought this was going another way. I'm like, really? We ain't there yet. We ain't there yet, alright? <laughs> but um, I was placed in so many positions to I guess, push me out of my comfort zone about sex once I went into that industry. And it's funny because I went into that industry with not the reason of becoming like a dancer. I went there to make some quick money because I had something I had to hurry up and get done. <laughs> mm-hmm. And me and one of my old girlfriends back in the day was like, how can we make some fast money? I need to get this done. I need to get this done. I need the new car. It was like a bunch of shit. And I was going to school and I was working and, you know, you going to school and stuff at that age, you're really not making no money, you know? And I was like, I need right. thousands of dollars. And she joking around and she was like, well, shit, let's just go dance. And I was like, nigga, I used to watch new dance show after school. I, I know how to twerk and shit. Don't play with me. We <laughs> 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 ended up going to get a license and went and started dancing and it totally opened up my mind. Um, the funny part about it was she suggested it. She only lasted like two nights. And I say they did that shit for like two years. <laughs> I did that shit part-time. It wasn't my full-time thing. It was like, it was my hustle. It was, mm. you might see me in there this weekend and next weekend. And you may not see me there again for another month or so. You know what I'm saying? It was my hustle. But again, like I said, it just opened my eyes up to sex and sexuality because I saw women there that just didn't give a fuck. Not in the sense that they were just like raunchy, but they were so comfortable when they They were comfortable with themselves. Uh They were comfortable with themselves, you know, And, and it was a variety of women. There were older women, there were younger women, there were mothers there, there were girls who were going to um, school and I know that's the common misconception but a lot of girls put themselves to school through that jar like for real <laughs> but um, yeah, there, you were there you know how there were a lot of different kind of people there and I just mm-hmm. I, that really helped me to step into being comfortable with my sexuality and who I was as a woman mm-hmm. when I started when I went there um and then after that, I just kind of like blossomed. But that was really, that was really kind of like the catalyst to me really um, accepting that I was, I was a woman and I was an adult and I was, it was okay for me to. You're a sexual being. Right. It was okay for <laughs> me to desirable. It was okay for me to desire somebody. It was okay for me to shit clap my ass. <laughs> I just smack my ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So I got okay with that. <clears throat> I had them. I had my breakthrough. So that's funny because you you were a late bloomer. Whereas, um, I was a little earlier than that. <laughs> um, I, I was 
I was a good 14. Oh, shit. Like a good, yeah, a good 14. Um, I remember some of my students when I was teaching in my eighth grade, when I was teaching eighth grade, one of my students, because I was real cool with my students, they asked me, it was just like, you know, when did you lose your virginity? And I'm like, because I'm looking at them at the same age, and I'm like, girl, way too young. Like, right, way right, too young. Right. But, and I still feel that way, like, you know, and that was just me, because I, mm-hmm. I was, I was naive, I was very ignorant, so, you know, I really thought it was just like a bodily uh, function, and it really wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was not a pleasurable experience at all, it was, it was really just, you know, let's get this over with, or whatever. You're right, and I walked away, like, you know, physically I felt different, but, like, mentally I was just like, uh, that's what y'all tripping about, that's what everybody's talking about, like, this, for real? And I didn't do it again until I was probably about 16. But get this, let me tell y'all a story. So, you know, again, a lot of, of what, of, of my of my rearing of my child uh, of me growing up as a child was based around church right so i would never forget i had um i had lost my virginity i don't even like using that term virginity because it's, it's a concept it's not real right. but i had sex for the first time when I was dead, 14. Right. and when i was probably around 15 um i went my family went to go visit another church because we had moved down south Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being, and my parents are like the Sunday school bandits. You niggas always gonna make it to Sunday school. We, we ain't just going to church service. We going to Sunday school. We don't care. Y'all here all motherfucking day, right? <laughs> so I'm a part of this teenage Sunday school, and the minister, the youth minister or whatever at the time, he was talking to you know these uh, a group of us about sex, and he was saying how, um, you know, if you have sex before you get married, you run the risk of never experiencing an orgasm because that would be God's way of punishing you for having sex before you get married, uh, right? Hell no. Nah. So imagine this in, in my head. I'm just like, oh, that's why I didn't feel good. That's why. You know what I'm saying? Oh and I'm my gosh. I am cursed for engaging in sexual behavior. However, stop a nigga from trying again. <laughs> <laughs> I bet right. you it did. <laughs> right. So when I finally did have an orgasm, I had my first orgasm when I was 16. Like I remember that clear as day. Clear child. I, I didn't know what was happening. I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? How do we do it again? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but even in that, I thought it was a fluke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, you know, and I really honestly thought that I would not be able to have an orgasm until I discovered the gift that keep on giving, which is masturbation. <laughs> and that happened around 17, 18 is when okay, well, that again still wasn't a conversation. It was like something that was just like Well, hold on, back up now. I say I didn't have sex for the first time until I was like 18 or 19. I discovered oh, okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, I oh. knew what it felt like to have orgasm via my goddamn self. However, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have sex with an actual person so I was like 18, 19. Now, that's what kind of was like really weird for me because mm-hmm. I 
had this sex with this person and I know it's supposed to feel good, but it's not comparable to how I felt when I discovered it myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not already mm. discovered it. I feel like now I get with you and this is this is it. The <laughs> fuck? And I'm afterwards. Oh nah, dog. Uh-uh, because nah. <laughs> right. But that's why. You know, and the reason, one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is because we don't ever want to negate the fact that, you know, we, we can't assume that everybody's at the same position, um, regardless of age, experience, whatever. We all have different experiences that bring us to where we are or whatever. But even in that with masturbation, it took me years to feel comfortable masturbating because, again, we were told in church that that was a sin. You ain't supposed to have sex with nobody, including your damn self. Oh, or whatever and you it know took what? me actually um which i mean even in that even in my adult years that still made absolutely no sense to me mm-hmm. so i did what i wanted to mm-hmm. or whatever like you ain't gonna tell me that i ain't supposed to be having sex with you know anybody and i'm not married to them and then i ain't supposed to have no goddamn relief because that really is that's a thing that is just that like is- a man a woman needs to have a sexual release as well. And I think if we talk to our girls more about um, masturbation and having those Mm -hmm. intentional and purposeful conversations around that, you know, that helps you develop a very um, great sense of your sexuality, of what you like, what you don't like, like. what turns you on, you know what I'm saying? Instead of her waiting until she's 28 and them then having somebody else is years. supposed to do right. that for you for you and not only that but just acting like you enjoy it and that you are satisfied with really aren't. i think we all did i say the, that uh, did you I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we no. didn't all we didn't all wore that face uh-huh well, no, well that's uh and some of that is just you know i need you to get <laughs> off me <laughs> I need you to wrap up. I need you to get off me. I need you to get off me. I need you to wrap it up. Wrap that boy up. up. Got shit shit to do. I got to go to work in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap it up. Hey, wrap this up. (laughs) Most definitely. So now that we talked about, um, and we talked about, we kind of got into like our, our second a segment of the show when we want to talk about how we were able to move past these misconceptions and myths about mm-hmm. sex and like what are we doing differently now that we both have children and we have whew, young adult children <laughs> so we've discussed it before i know i told you guys um in previous episode how um i had taken my daughter to be put on birth control um months back before that i had mm-hmm. given her condoms um she's mm-hmm. 17 now she's she's done with high school <laughs> she was one of them oh, 20 no, no, no. don't run past that first of all let's go ahead and have a twerk session real quick a virtual hey. twerk session because she got a baby that's coming out of high school and i got a hey. baby that's coming out of high school hey. and we both okay went through some trials and tribulations to get the children <laughs> through high school and it is just time to party okay i'm done Go ahead. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. So anyway, <laughs> you're right though. Should we celebrate? Um, so anyway, um, she had been dating since she was like 16. Initially, I started her off with condoms. Um, mm-hmm. 
because I, you know, me and my husband, um, I've discussed this before. We have open conversations with her, you know, um, it's funny that we're on this actual topic because, um, we recently experienced something with, within our distant family where, mm. um, there was just so much, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, to somebody who's 16 years old to where they, like, ran away from home type of shit. And mm-hmm. so we make sure that we don't have them kind of situations. I don't want you to feel like you need to hide shit from me. Like, right. I hear shit. Like, my mother didn't know, my parents didn't know I lost my virginity. My parents didn't know shit that I was masturbating at 16 years old. I didn't know any of that shit. But... I wanted to, we wanted to make sure that we weren't in those types of situations to where you feel like you have to sneak and do things because we understand we were your age once. And so when she right. started acting, it was like, okay, listen, I ain't no fool. You're 16 years old. You like in this boy. I don't really know if we're ready to introduce any type of chemical into your body to regulate your hormones, but let's get you some condoms because either way, pregnancy is not the only fucking scare. Let's not act like you fucking STDs and shit out here. So I wanted right. her to have the concept of protecting yourself both ways. Um, what's interesting is, um, so she's been on birth control now for about four or five months or so. What's mm-hmm. interesting, what you say about masturbation, I actually mean you are always on the same length, same <laughs> wavelength every goddamn time. I actually said to myself, um, Maybe a couple weeks ago, I said, you know, I really need to sit down and have a conversation with my daughter about masturbation. Because, mm-hmm. number one, <clears throat> I don't want her, not putting her business about her sex life out there, but I don't want, I want her to know early what it's like for her to feel sexual pleasure. I want her to mm-hmm. know early what it's like to know what she likes. I know, I want her to know early that she don't have to ha- have somebody up in her to get that released, you know what I'm saying? Because that's mm-hmm. a lot of times that they want that intimacy and they're dealing with a bunch of bullshit to get it. And I'm like, I want her to know, like, hey, dog, I, I'm cool with you being here, but I ain't got to have your motherfucking ass here because I can take care of my goddamn self. I go on and go in this, in this nightstand. <laughs> Maybe you know, I was about to say, because they sell dick in the stuff. The batteries and everything. <laughs> get this bullet or whatever. And handle my business. And mm-hmm. she got me sitting up frustrated and angry and all that type of shit. So that's really an interesting thing that you said because I actually just said that I was going to have that conversation with her. You know, she'll be 18 in a couple months. You know, she's getting to that age where, you know, it's funny that it's 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 a blessing and I'm so grateful for it. But I I, I intentionally mm-hmm. did that. Then my child comes to me and she talks to me about sex. She talks mm-hmm. to me about her body. She talks to me about, you know, she's not feeling, things are feeling normal. She know, I would not dare go to my mother and say those things because it would be automatically assumed that I was doing something horrible and dirty if my pH balance was off or whatever and shit. That could have just been from the detergent that you changed and this and your underwear is different or whatever. Or something, yep. Mm-hmm. Or anything. It was just automatically, if you had anything going on down there, it was assumed it was oh, because you were yep. active or you were dirty or yep. you were something nasty or you had no business. And it's like, I'm looking at my own daughter and I'm realizing, wow, you have 
totally totally motherfucking broken that generational curse right there because mm-hmm. you have allowed the doors to open to where your baby can come to you and say hey mom I started this birth control a couple months ago and it's really throwing some stuff off with me I really don't like it I've been researching and I don't really like what's going on with me you know the like I, I had to I was like so grateful that she came to me and she said that I not once went into what you've been doing did you have what you you who you been with i never once went into that i'm like okay so what's going on let's sit down and talk about this okay so let's try this this is this and it just it's such a relief to and i know i got there because i became comfortable with myself as a woman sexually i could not give that to her had i not had it for myself I would have just kept on with the bullshit of you ain't supposed to be having sex until you marry and you don't need to be having no babies and if you do do it you a hoe and all of that you know what I'm saying right so right right just totally changing the dynamics of even the thought and the process around how we're raising our children even down to my son you know my he's 10 years old um me and my husband, you know, I took up the conversation. Well, he, he took up the conversation about that with um, our daughter as well. We both we both did. It wasn't a one-sided thing. You know, he's talked to her about boys and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's also what makes our kids so well-balanced is that they get it from both of us. But we Which were talking about our son. Yeah, we were talking um, to our... We were talking about our son and he's 10 years old. And <laughs> so... A couple months ago, I went into his room, right? Oh, and I'm shit. Cleaning up, I'm cleaning up shit. And I'm, like, picking up, like, a towel and shit feel crusty. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this motherfucking point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got two boys. I know what you're about to say. It's towels or socks. One of them. <laughs> I had to ask my husband. I said, listen, I said, baby, I need to. I said, I was up in B's room, and I was picking up some stuff and getting his laundry and stuff together, and I, I ran across a, 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 a like a washcloth that was felt a little crusty and hard. And he's like, "Well, I don't know, baby. I, I I don't know if he at that at that point yet." And I'm like, "Listen, let a nigga know, because I'm gonna walk in on no shit, okay? Hey, if you got to tug that worm, if you got to, if you whatever you do, because I understand that he's coming into that age where he's getting." His hormones are starting to, you know, raise a little mm-hmm. bit. His voice is getting a little deeper. Shit, he got a little hair in his arms. You know what I'm saying? So I understand that he's approaching that age where he's going to be curious. And the thing about it is what's so beautiful in the same aspect is, is that my husband has the same conversations with him. He's like, you know, hey, you know, when are you ready to talk about sex? Like, because my husband's talk with his father <laughs> pretty much. A man got a dick, a woman got a pussy, they get together, they have a baby. <laughs> so, wow. That was the conversation he got about sex, I think, at like 11. So I'm like, listen, I need you not to do that to my son. I need you to <laughs> sit out. Just get, just get a little bit more detail. Yeah, just get a little bit more detail. And it's funny because, like I said, he actually has been kind of like talking to him and, you know, seeing like where he is and how he's feeling about that. And is he, and he came back, and he's like, nah, babe, I think he's, he ain't right there. He at right at that little breaking point where he kind of leaving his little boy behind. But mm. he's right at that, 
preteen hormonal jerking off phase <laughs> right there. He's still playing with Legos a little bit. I'm like, okay. So I think it, those peers cross over with kids, and I think that's what makes it so. I don't want to say shocking, but it what makes it like a, a very <gasps> moment for a mother. It's just it's like. Nigga, it's still G.I. Joe's in the flow. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, 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 is this? What, what are you doing? Oh, you just asked me for a motherfucking transformer. And I got to be worried with transformers and goddamn condoms. <laughs> and I think that's what makes it like such a, you know what I'm saying? But even in all of that, uh, you know, because I have, I have boys and, and a girl too. Um, definitely generational curses are being broken. Um, again, and I'm going to keep saying this, and I've already copyrighted it, so if anybody's out there thinking of stealing my shit, I'm already ahead of you. But your kids are going to do one or two things. Either they're going to break your heart or make your stomach hurt. And I always talk about how my children make my stomach hurt all the goddamn time because they uh, they trust me enough to, to confide in me and to talk to me. So when my son, my oldest son was 15, and asked me for condoms. I was a little taken aback. I remember, I'll never forget that night. I was in the car and I was just like, okay, like I had to like consciously like remember, like keep your cool. Don't flip out. Your right. Your reaction is everything in this moment mm -hmm. because I remember like creeping up on that conversation with my mom mm -hmm. and like the first inkling she got, it was just the same thing like what you said. It was a sharp reaction. What are you doing? Has somebody touched yeah. you? Uh, you don't do that. That's you know what I'm saying. That's nasty. You're going to hell. It was always you going to hell. So um, <laughs> even hell in that, you know, I'm I'm remembering to mind my reaction because I'm like, this is setting up his the foundation of whether or not he's going to bring things to me, right. and I can always help if I'm being proactive. You know, right. of course, you know, if I'm being pro preventative. Of course, I will, you know, tend to your wound if you hurt or whatever, but let's make sure you don't get cut in the first place. Has right. always been my ideology around sex. And that's because I got cut in the first place. Mm -hmm. When when I started having sex, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, uh, I wasn't uh, familiar with the, um, just the routineness mm -hmm. of, um, you know what what you should be checking for with your body when you begin to right. have sex with someone right. or whatever things are going to change things are going, to, things change. Are going to change um right. and you know and, and there's a little bit more upkeep that come with have you know when, when you start or whatever so even like with my daughter we started having these conversations probably uh around 11 or 12 and that it came along with the um with the administration talk mm -hmm. when you know when I was suspecting that she was starting to get a period but then I also started because I am that mama that will fire drill your ass and hand me your phone <laughs> just out random and out the blue so that mm -hmm. I can check it and I started mm -hmm. seeing the conversations between her and her little girlfriends change mm -hmm. so again I had to be mindful of my reaction okay are you gonna flip the fuck out and scare this girl you know mm -hmm. knowing that she's gonna do do it anyway are you going, going to, to allow her to friends to influence the conversation? Right. Because they just as dumb as she is. She don't know. You know what I'm saying? No, or, none of them do. Are you going to use this to form an actual conversation? And, you know, I had to acknowledge that, you know, hey, I see you having these kind of conversations. I need for you to know that mm -hmm. that is perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. That is how you were created. 
that is what your body is designed to do or whatever. And now I see where before uh, all this went on with the pandemic or whatever, we, me and my daughter had regular like lunch dates. Mm-hmm. And the last lunch date, we were, um, we were at the restaurant and I brought, I think I brought it up. I brought up sex or whatever. And now I see where like that wall is coming. Uh, there never really was a wall up in the first place, but she was very nervous talking about sex with me. It was mm-hmm. an uncomfortable thing for her. Now <laughs> I see where it's like, it's more of a, okay, you know, my mom is chill about this. Let me, you know, throw some things out here. Let me ask her or whatever. And right. I'm actually the uncomfortable one. <laughs> but you sit there and your but stomach I, is turning in knots, but you sitting there with your face ooh. like, okay, baby. Okay, and your stomach is burning and burning. (laughs) Okay, baby. Yep. Okay, well, this is what you do. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there, like, literally, my daughter is notorious for mama needs to talk to you. And coming and sitting at the foot of my bed and closing my door and, okay, so this is going on and this is going on. And it's so... um. It's, it's, it's actually a beautiful thing because, you know, as I'm listening to her express herself about what's going on in her life as a young woman, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking how wonderful this is that you have the freedom to know that you have somebody that you absolutely can trust and that you can get good sound advice from. And it's not just from me. It's from my sisters my baby knows she could come to you and she could talk to you about those right. things she knows that she could talk to our other sister about this she'll call our other sister like a like a shout you <laughs> out she'll call her um that's her auntie as well and they'll talk they'll have a kind they have a, a relationship outside of me that they have within themselves and she talks to her about those things and it's funny because i was very cognizant about who I let talk to her about or who I told her to listen to when it comes mm-hmm. to relationships, men, and sex. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I was very intentional about that was because I didn't want to jade her. I didn't want her to be um, jaded by women who were scorned or women who have had bad sexual relationships because my daughter would go with me to the beauty the, to get my hair done and to get my nails done, that type of thing. And so you know what happens in the shop, you know, women talk. talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, she's been coming and doing those things with me since she was a young girl. I've always taken mm-hmm. her with me to get her nails done, all that type of stuff. We've been that type of mom daughter relationship. And I remember exclusively I was telling her um, not to get one of the young ladies that used to do my nails a while back would do my okay, nails I remember. Mm-hmm. and I remember telling her you know don't take advice about boys and relationships and sex or whatever from this person she really liked her because you know she was the, the, the nail tech was around my age she was like you know, young people look at it's cool. She ain't got no kids and all of that. She like mm-hmm. looked like a cool auntie. But I would notice that she was constantly coming from a place of um negativity, a place of her own negative experiences. And so mm-hmm. 
know, I didn't want my daughter to be influenced by that. And I would tell her, you know, take what you hear from her as from a, as a grain of salt. You know, you see what a, a healthy relationship looks like at home. Not only do you see that, but you also see a sexual relationship at home. Not, and we know how our relationship from our kids. My husband will smack me on the ass in a minute. He will kiss me in front of them, whatever. And I wanted her to know that, you know, it doesn't just because I'm in a in a healthy relationship um, and I'm married doesn't mean that the opposite of that is being single and miserable and hating to be with someone and everything. Like you can be single and still have sexual healthy healthy sexual relationships, healthy um, relationships with men yep. and all of that. And so um, I told her, I said, you know, I would feel more comfortable with you because with you talking to your other auntie about that because she's not married she doesn't have any children and I think that you can relate to her more than you possibly can me and your dad at the time because we sitting up here we marry and all that kind of stuff you young you don't that ain't what you're looking for at the time but I would much rather you get advice about young men and um and, and boys and about sex from her if you don't want to come and talk to me about it because I know she ain't gonna tell you no bullshit I know she ain't gonna tell you something from a place of being jaded. She's gonna tell you from a place of being honest and from a place of being open to where her experiences have not made her completely shut down who she is as a woman. Mm-hmm. And that's a blessing because I'm like, okay, not only does she get that from me, but she has numerous women around her that show her outside of outside of her grandmothers, because all her grandmothers is on. Well, you know what? Nah, my husband, mama. She a trip. She still getting her freak on. (laughs) (laughs) She's single, right? She's not married. No, no, she's married. Her her and her husband, they don't live together. They live separately, but you know, they do this. She stay a week, he stay a week, whatever. But I mean, should they in their seventies and they still my grandma my 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 mother in law hold her her height her leg up in a minute if she could. (laughs) 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 So but anyway, the point I'm making is that other than me, she has other women in her life that are showing her that it's okay for her to be a sexual young woman and be a mm-hmm. responsible. That's the other thing, be a responsible sexual young woman. There's a mm-hmm. difference. There's not, you know, you out here and just doing what the fuck ever. But you being responsible with your shit. That's something that me and you both have had conversations with our daughters about. Watching how you move. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want her... The thing about with my daughters that I would like for her to do differently is, and I actually told her this, I didn't have a lot of sexual partners. And that just wasn't my path. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, I wish I would have been out there, but I I guess what I'm saying is I wish I would have explored a little bit more um, mm-hmm. in my younger days instead of being so afraid to be so afraid. Basically, I guess that was, that's just it. I was afraid at that time. Um, mm-hmm. I think I wish I would have explored a little bit more without attaching feeling to it. That was my biggest thing. I attached my emotion to mm-hmm. this act. And so what it was was that I really kind of held back a lot and didn't really really didn't explore my, my, myself in a sexual way as I should have probably in my 20s 
And so I guess that's what I'm like trying to get to where I'm teaching her. Like, look, you don't have to be in this. I was one of those. I got to be in a committed relationship. You mm-hmm. don't have to be in a relationship with this person um, to do what you want to do. You don't have to be tied down. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like so many of these young girls, like so many girls that she went to high school with, they ain't even, they just graduated. These motherfuckers are already talking about having babies and moving in with their boyfriends. Bitch. Like, that's your goal? I think think that's, but you know what? I think that that's, I think that that, that's not as uncommon as we think that it should be because Remember, the majority of conversations around sex, even now, even now in 2020, when a lot of things are uh, acceptable to talk about in public spaces, more so than it was when we were growing up, they still center around marriage and having a family. Like, yeah. I, I, I still know women who think, like, the whole purpose of you getting... Holy grail. Right, of, of getting married is to... Uh, well, the whole purpose of you possessing a vagina is to satisfy your husband and have some babies. Yep. If that is, it's still very commonplace. Right, and I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to teach her that you don't have to go into that in order for you to be a sexually um, fulfilled woman, a satisfied woman. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to jump into this. Okay, I gotta marry you. I gotta, you know, pop out some babies and all that. No, I want my baby to live her fucking life and figure out, you know, okay, yeah, no, I don't really like that. Okay, I, you know what? Actually, I want to get married. She may be that person. I can tell you right now, she don't want no damn kids. So it's very likely that she may not want to get married. You know what I'm saying? She's she's that that young lady that. I could actually see her possibly being single and just doing her thing and traveling and doing, and that's perfectly fine with me. And what I'm trying to teach her now is that it's okay to do that. And it's okay to live your goddamn life without all these attachments and all of these boundaries and barriers that we've been taught that if you don't have this, these boxes, you checking off boxes, but exactly. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's a perfect segue into our, um, the next topic when we talk about, you know, and we posted this um, to our Instagram page about having a whole phase. And I'm calling it a whole phase because everybody knows what the whole phase is, okay? Everybody knows what it is. Um, most of us have had them, myself included. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though I had mine a little late <laughs> or whatever. But I definitely think that, you know, the whole phase is needed. It is essential um, for any woman to, you know, really explore herself sexually without the constraints of a relationship. A relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. And without the constraints. And when I say whole phase, yes, you can sleep with multiple people and be safe about it. But you can also have, you know, one person that if you all have decided, hey, we're not together, but we're going to exclusively sleep together. Um, yeah. I've been, I've been a part of that, too. That was fun. <laughs> where, where, you know what I'm saying? Um, but we, we decided we, we are going to explore uh, sexually with each other. 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it's not necessarily something I don't want to do with multiple people. But I do right. think that it is essential. And I, I didn't go through my whole phase like when, when most women do, you know, once you get to college or whatever, because I was I was a nigga that was trying to get married and, and, and had some kids. You know, I had my <laughs> child when I was 20 or whatever. I got married at 20. I got married at 20. I know I have I had him at 19. I got married when I was 20. I got divorced when I was around 26. Mm-hmm. A nigga. I went through a, a whole phase then. <laughs> Woo, good uh, motherfucking time. Good, good times. Because good, good I think that even at that age, this was after I was done having children. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was already established in my career or whatever this and that. Um, but it was still needed because I didn't necessarily want to be falls down with especially after like divorcing somebody that was married extremely young i didn't want to get into another relationship right right away you know what i'm saying and but i still had needs and then sometimes you know i ain't gonna get it you know masturbation is wonderful uh sex toys are are wonderful vibrators are wonderful you know i'm not a vibrator girl but um (laughs) um all those things are wonderful but sometimes you need uh the man that's connected to that you know right. even if it's just a booty call you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and having a uh an agreement with someone that says you know hey this is the purpose this is the scope of our relationship for us to fuck the shit out of each other and make each other feel good but after that you got to get your ass up and go home ain't nobody fixing you no snacks <laughs> you know what i'm saying i will allow you to break no my bathroom but i ain't cooking no breakfast we ain't cuddling like none of that shit. I got to go to work mm-hmm. for it, or whatever mm-hmm. it is that I want to do. But I think that mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think that those are the conversations, like you know, we should right. be having with, with our kids. Period. The same thing with you. Uh, well, I do have one child. My youngest son wants to have five kids and and get married when he's like mid twenties. My other two have been like, I want no children. I don't want to get married. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm actually okay with that. You know, if that's what you mm-hmm. think. Uh, and I understand that they're young and they probably will change their minds. But as mm-hmm. of right now, I'm very, very, very happy with um, um, just their ideas around sex. That is mm-hmm. not something that's exclusive to marriage. That it is something definitely for you and the partner that you're engaging in sex with. Because then that opens the door for us to have conversations on how to do this safely. Right. So um, we're just going to keep moving forward with the episode. We're not going to pause for any commercial breaks. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this question. Mm. And this doesn't necessarily have to be framed in the scope of us <laughs> being mothers or our kids or anything. How do you feel about porn? Um, I can't say one way or the other. I have watched it. Mm-hmm. I have watched it with my husband. I'm, I mean, like I said, I I'm one of them. If you wanted to go to the strip club, come on, let's go. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not into the strip club kind of thing. But I'm not opposed to him going because I've been in, in the environment. Um, and so I've watched porn with him. It's not something, it's actually comical to me now. <laughs> I find it hilarious uh, because it's so fucking cheesy. But, um, <laughs> You know, I have watched it. I have um, 
I'm not going to say it's something that I'm normally participating in, but I'm not opposed to it. I mean, you do what you do, what, whatever. To me, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm a t- okay, so this is our sex. This is our sex episode. Me and my husband have recorded each other. I would rather watch our shit than watch somebody else's shit. I don't I don't want to see no 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 pink penises and cutting the chicken <laughs> and vaginas and shit. No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying. If I'm gonna be aroused in any kind of <laughs> it's gonna be with the whole fucking plumber coming in here and some lady with the goddamn pistol. It's just though it don't really do it for me, like I said. And you know, I think that when he when he was like this was like earlier on in our relationship, he was watching I would not have a problem with it, you know, like if I ain't feel like it's just like this. Like if I don't feel like doing it right now, go and handle your business. Hey, I ain't mad at you. Go, go ahead. Go get, get the work on whatever you guys do. I've never been that type of person. I do know women. I do know women that um like would get mad at their dude like for watching porn. And my thing is like, oh, you shouldn't be watching porn. You shouldn't be watching them. You should only be looking at me. And it's like, I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. I have this mind that. I'm not silly and I'm not stupid. Like my husband can obviously be attracted to another woman. I can, I can, I can look mm-hmm. at another man and like he's attractive or whatever. But I'm not. I'm. I guess I'm not so insecure or so bothered that something else may arouse him, and it's not that big a deal to me. Because at the end of the day, he's sleeping with me every night. I get my back blew out a good four five times a week, so I really give a fuck if he. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. It's not really my big. Guess, my, uh. You know, and I know people that like to, it's a part of their regular like sexual routine or whatever. Um, oh. And porn was more of like a curiosity thing, you know, when I was younger. Um, and younger, I mean, like teenage years, you know, early twenties or whatever. Yeah, right. I really it's didn't I get into it. Um, Oh, okay. Well, right. That's how I learned about masturbation. But I really yeah. like didn't. It, it's never been a part of my regular sexual regimen or whatever. Again, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm also aware that you can like do some psychological damage with porn because mm-hmm. because it is an unrealistic depiction right. of sex of sex. And I think right. uh, people who start off watching porn and like gets you know, addicted to it or whatever. I think that they start forming um, ideas in their head that, you know, this is actually, you know, real. Like, you know, yeah, the nigga can come to your house, you know, you, you can pay for your pizza with a blowjob or, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? Or you gonna run up right. on your girl or you, you gonna run up on your girl having sex with your man and it's gonna be cool because then y'all gonna get into a threesome or whatever. Right, right. I always understood that this these are like sex fairy tales or you know right, whatever. Right, <laughs> these are right, right. um but even, like I remember when I first got married to my now husband Mike, uh we were in Kroger parking lot and we were getting ready to go in for something. He had just gotten off work and I was looking for a coupon for something. I don't know what it was. 
but my phone died. So I was just like, you know, let me see your phone. And he like, you know, he handed it over, like no problem. But when I tell you homeboy was all up and in over my shoulder, and I was just like, what is your problem? So when I went to Safari, when I opened it up on his phone, a porn site popped up. And this nigga was just like, oh my God, who put that on my phone? And I was like, really, motherfucker? I was just like, really? I was just like, I don't damn it. I was like, if you watch porn, I was like, we can do it together. I was just like, I don't. And he was just like, really? Like, oh my God, I didn't think you would be cool about it. And I was just like, right. yeah, as long as you're not like developing no sickness behind this and you don't expect for me to be doing that shit, you know what I'm saying? Because you know that's not realistic. You know I'm not hanging off the side of the fucking bed like that. You know I'm not a bitch on your shit, nigga. So as long as you know that, as long as we have an understanding, okay? Okay? As long as you know that you got to take your fucking socks and shoes off before you give me some and don't be trying to give me none with the socks and the boots. Why is that normal? People fucking with their socks on. Like, I get, like, you know, if you in a rush or whatever. These niggas be out here with Timberlands on. Timberlands, huh? And they be black, long socks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Church socks. They be on there with church socks. And I'm like, I wish you would try to get up in between these legs and go to Shangri-La with some fucking uh, church socks on. Nigga, we come here barefoot <laughs> to praise the God. Yeah. yeah, so I like I said, I didn't have any um, I didn't have any problem like watching it with him. It wasn't very often. You know, I'd be like, okay, whatever. And it's honestly something we haven't did in years. It's, and it's, it's funny because like I said, I've always been since my, me and my husband have been together, like I said, me working in that industry as a dancer really opened my eyes up to a lot. And mm. it really just took all the walls down of me being like this, feeling like because he wants to go to a strip club, he don't want me. Or he wants to look at this, he's not interested in me. Like, honestly, that's some ego tripping shit. Like, for real. It is. Like, it, it, is. it, it really is. It's, it's some... To, for me, it's some ego trip shit and it's some insecure shit. I would rather, I'm, now don't get it twisted. I know threesome type of motherfucker. I don't share. I ain't sharing shit. Okay. I'm greedy than a motherfucker. I'm greedy than a motherfucker. With all, oh I get all That's all me. <laughs> this is all him. Okay. So, like, I'm not that type that would, like, be like, okay, let's go to a strip club for you for us to pick up a woman or for us to be, I ain't about to be in there slapping those chicks on the ass. I ain't by by any means. Like, I'm strictly ridiculous. Let me paint, okay? But I'm open and willing to because, again, I've been in that environment and it doesn't intimidate me as a woman. It doesn't take away from me as a woman if he wants to do that. And the thing about my husband is that he absolutely doesn't like strip club. He doesn't. Um, I've it's been like a couple of times. A couple of times I'm like, you know, if you want to go to a strip club, you like, babe, that's just not my thing. Like, I ain't about to be giving no motherfucker my money for no fucking dance. Well, you be dancing your ass around here. You gotta go to school, get a drink string and put it on, and you dance for me anyway. I'm like, yeah. So he's I never have a been to make. Mm. Me nor my husband have been to a strip club ever. Really. Ever. I mean, you ain't missing shit. You ain't missing shit. <laughs> I, well, I heard I'm missing some hell of some good food. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, you know what? Beat me back that ass up. 
you miss a good ass spoon. I would literally sit, I would come in early when I would work. And this is when I eat a beef. I ain't had beef in a while, y'all. But I would come into the job early when the afternoon crowd was still in way before my set was supposed to be on the set at that at that bar had me some goddamn steak bites. Nigga. And some lamb chops. <laughs> the best fucking food you can have is that strip club. And I well, think that's, that's what, like, I have friends that go on a regular basis. And, um, you know, they, they're always trying to convince me to go to the strip club. And I'm like, y'all, you know, that just ain't me. I don't want to go, you know, blah, 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 blah. And admittedly, I was on some church shit, you know, years ago. But even, like, now, um, which I, I'll go. I, the opportunity just hasn't presented itself or whatever. And I've been asking my husband, like, you know, hey, we gonna go to the strip club? And he's like, I'll go with you. He was like, but I don't, you know, that just ain't my, ain't, you know, it ain't my spot. Right. Yeah. It's like, it just ain't my spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, so that leads us into our last and final segment. Let's <laughs> talk about this because we both just turned 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about if, ain't no if though, you know, if the sex has changed. Or how things have changed since we've been 40. I'm going to back it up before 40, right? My sex drive went into overdrive at about... So I went through this, okay? So in my 20s, my sex drive was okay. It was okay. My 30s, it kind of slowed down a little bit. And I was like, okay, I don't know why. And it could have just been... You know, all the stuff I had going on, school work, that kind of, because all those types mm-hmm. of things affect your, um, your sex drive, your, your sex libido. drive, right, your mm-hmm. libido, absolutely, um, but, like, once I hit 38-ish, that shit went into overdrive, my husband was like, who the fuck are you, okay, who the fuck mm-hmm. is she, I like her, <laughs> can she stay forever, <laughs> So, yeah, and as I've gotten to 40, it's just like, I won't say it's, um, like I said, me and my husband have a very regular sexual relationship. We always have, though. Even when it wasn't, even when my 30s, when it wasn't as high, my early 30s, I mean, three times a week or so, I thought was pretty good. But, like, the closer I got to 40... That shit just, my, my nanny has a mind of her own. Okay? Baby. I'll just that. Huh. She has huh. a let's mind talk, Let's of talk her about own. that. Okay? I be like, bitch, I sneeze. Why the fuck does that feel like an orgasm? What the fuck? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how this shit is different. Again, I've discovered at 40, again, she got a mind of her own. I call my shit she because she is the master of the universe. Uh, but, but, she's been <laughs> so okay. <laughs> she forgot a fucking mind of her own and it's like a motherfucking episode of Lassie because it's just like my shit reacts to damn near everything it's just like you know what did you see girl what, who do we see is daddy home like you know what did, somebody <laughs> got some nice kind of cologne like what is it and I'm just like wait a minute hold up hold up shit <laughs> like you know you know damn well what his working hours are. You know, we, I, I could be getting ready for a meeting. It's just like, phew. I'm like, 
the fuck? Who's like the hell? Not that I don't enjoy it because I know that there's plenty of people who experience the opposite. However, however, in my sex drive is I've always been like a super sexual uh, person anyway. I've always had a high sex drive any goddamn way. But now I'm about to worry the shit out of Michael because I'm just like, you know, I'm the one like in, you know, we could have had sex before we lay down with the bed or whatever it's not throughout the day. And I'm the one that's like up at two o'clock in the morning tapping this nigga on the shoulder like what you doing hey hey uh, hey hey girl you know ma'am get that up on me so we can uh you know this is hilarious let's do it so i can go to sleep sleep Sleep. so i can go to sleep right listen this is hilarious how are, are you like literally waking up in the morning before he is and like looking at him like waiting on him to wake up like like that old commercial that he's like open, 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 open. And sometimes I don't wake. Sometimes Girl, I don't and wake. sometimes I don't sometimes wake. I go ahead and wake him up. Ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> uh, my husband yesterday morning was like, Oh hi, how are you? I'm good. Um, don't pull these off real quick. Take care of my <laughs> and good morning. Enjoy your day. What a wonderful day this is to start your day. Okay. That's like waking up. You, okay. you want some eggs? <laughs> Marley? Some biscuits, some jelly bags, what you want? Some preserves, some jam. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely like it, um and you know what else I'm 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 discovering? And this and this may be labeling shit for some of y'all, but I'm honest about my journey. I'm really now just coming into an understanding of how, how important it is to like um relax while I'm having sex because I used to be like one of those people when I had sex I was very uh, just filled with tension and you know I'm ready to get to uh, from point A to point B you know what I'm saying I I, I didn't enjoy the ride literally at all or whatever it was always (laughs) just a um, even being a person with a high sex drive it was just about having an orgasm whereas now I'm very much um for shit for a minute now (laughs) um i'm very much enjoying um the journey of getting there because i am more because i have been the most comfortable i've ever been um sexually um -hmm. the most free that i've ever been Mm -hmm. um sexually Mm -hmm. and even i was thinking about that this morning and, and changing the mindset and I talk about this you know from the context of our daughters because we do try to come from a perspective of um from from women is mm-hmm. that just in just making sure that she understands like even the concept of sexiness of being sexy mm-hmm. it has everything to do with how you feel about yourself so, as opposed to how on. somebody else views you whether you know and you what you got on, on what you not not like, how he feel about you not how what he be right. it's about what and, the, and that's the thing about it we are we are instilling that confidence in our young yes. ladies and yes. our daughters and yes. in our sons that you don't have to have the validation of what somebody else deems sexual, sexually, whatever. It's about you and how you carry yourself and the, and, and the confidence that you have in yourself. 
And that was the thing for me. What broke through for me was, again, when I went into that strip club, it built my confidence up, Mm -hmm. you know, it made me, you know, really dig into like, okay, all these years I was covering stuff up because I didn't want people looking at me that way. But I ain't ashamed of what the fuck I got. I wasn't giving this way. know for no reason you know what I'm saying and it's about how I wield that power how I wield Mm. that sexual power how I wield my sexual energy I use that for my courage I use that for my um for uh creativity I use that that sexual energy in so many different ways that I don't use it as something or or hide it as something to be ashamed of or something that you only do behind closed doors because let's just be honest you pull out it. on occasion exactly right it's so funny that we've been taught that sexual being sexual is like the most demonic thing ever but it's what got the most spiritual thing. wait a it's minute that's how your motherfucking got thing. right right it's like the most spiritual thing it's it is and, and it's funny yes. that you say how you are enjoying it more you are enjoying the the actual experience of it more that's exactly where I am now I've learned and I and I see now as I as I'm in my 40s I'm newly 40 um again like I said my peak kind of started when I was like 38 but I just let go and just really enjoyed it and just was like breathe into it and, and relax and just let it be you know, if, if, and, and that's the other thing, if you constantly have your mind focused on the orgasm, you know what I'm saying, a lot of times, you'll miss all the little in-between stuff that makes you really enjoy it, it's, it's, you know, you release some hormones, you are connecting with someone, you know, you're having that intimacy, you are um, relaxing, um, it's so many other elements of sex. And so it takes away that connotation. Because I remember at one time, it was probably around the time when I had my son. Um, I was tired. Shit, I was a mom of two and sex was a task for me. It was like, okay, let's do this shit because I know you need to release and I need to release. But goddamn, I want some sleep. And when I kind of like, after a while, I was like, why am I thinking about this, about this intimate time with my with my spouse like why am I thinking this way as this is a task or a job that I have to hurry up and do once I took that out of that and I said okay what are the upsides of sex for me it feels amazing one number two I can relax number three I'm gonna sleep good than a motherfucker when I'm done number four I feel good as hell I feel like every single um fiber in me has just been energized and woken up and once I got out of that I'm like let me just enjoy having this let me enjoy this and not look at this as a point a to b thing okay let's go have some sex bust a nut bust a nut we gonna go to sleep no that in between phase is what I was starting to miss because I was just so first of all I was tired and my biggest focus was, okay, I want to get some sleep. But once I took that element out of it, and it, it just became so much more enjoyable and so much mm-hmm. more pleasurable. And so as I got older, and then I'm like 38, it like really went into overdrive. Like, okay, 
this is what I remember older women saying, yeah, you ain't shit until you get to 40. And yep. I really yep. see that now. It's like, okay, yep. you get to 40 and it's like, and that's how my, and my husband's like, okay, who, who coming to the bedroom tonight? <laughs> Who's Girl, coming to the bedroom this afternoon? Because I guess morning, my, afternoon, and and night delight, okay? <laughs> girl, that's a, a Michael first to her is Gina. He's like, you know, is Gina coming? Oh, is, she, is she coming out tonight? Especially we have like a date night. He's like, you know, I get back home. Is Gina going to be there? <laughs> so, so, even in that, I think that that's like amazing how you know, it, it, there is a switch, you know, for ladies that are listening, there, there is a switch that turns on. Um, if you allow I don't it. Know if, if you allow it to. Um, but it is definitely a, a, a change. It is definitely like a big change. Like, I'm enjoying the shit out of this because I'm just like, ah, okay. Oh, <laughs> or whatever, you know, and especially when, you know, you don't have the constraints of, you know, trying to be quiet because, you know, the kids up and all the other stuff, you know. Um, right or you have and even like in this time or whatever now i do think that you know the nba kind of left us out there bad when they went off because like we even in this time we had to have conversations intentional conversations about sex like seriously dog what are your expectations because uh, we're not having sex six times a day six days a week or whatever he would like that because ain't shit else to do. But I'm just like, you know, you know what? seriously, since we have all this free time, seriously, like what are your real what what are your expectations around uh-huh. sex or whatever? And we have to be very, very intentional about that. Um, because I, even though it's is insatiable as I am or whatever, it's not again, I still be tired, I still got you know, I still shit to do or whatever around the house or whatever. Um but we were we were really like you know full steam ahead when when every when we first got locked down, and then about week three, it was just like okay you know I, I yeah. was really just trying to mop the flow, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or I really was just bent over trying to get from whatever up under the bed, you know what I'm saying? And, you know you get attacked or whatever this and that. Yes. But even if it wasn't a pandemic. You have to be uh, explicit about this is what I need from you sexually. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I would want somebody to be explicit with me. I don't want to play the guessing game. I ain't got time to be playing blue clues with your ass. Baby. Trying to figure out what it is that you like, uh, what you don't like, and all that other Listen, stuff. It's like this. I tell my husband like this. All right, I might have on a nightgown, but I ain't got on no pants. So, hey, whenever you get in the bed, day. I ain't got time oh, to play that's this. Nice. I ain't. You <laughs> <down>. <laughs> I, I might wear nightgown and stuff. I, I might wear, but you know. But you know, at the age where it's and it's funny too because it's like now that we're older, me and him were having that conversation. We were like, you know, it's nice that we are able to have such a free sexual relationship. Um, you know, our kids are older, your kids are older. I ain't got to be shit. We'll go in there right now at four or five o'clock in the afternoon and go do what we got to do and like go on that ass. And it, is, no. it, is, it is, it is what the fuck it is. We don't care. But it's so funny because he's like, you know, it's like 
we we have this really really strong sexual relationship i don't feel the need to be we don't have to do it all the time you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's it's that balance it's like all right you know i'm gonna get some motherfucking sleep tonight but i'll catch your ass in the morning we do make those bets yeah like sleep okay. now or do you want to sleep in Right, right. So yeah, so that was like that was just like last night. Like okay, listen, baby, I'm sleepy. Then you don't tie one on tonight, and I'm tired. You all ask the motherfucker tired. I'm leaving panties off, and you know when you wake up in the morning, hey, there you go. <laughs> so you know it's that it's not that pressure of feeling like okay, we have to do it. Especially like now when you like off and you feeling like. Oh well, let's just do it, 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 and it's like, mm. no, no, we don't have to. It's nice to, it's amazing to, but there is no pressure to. And I think that's the other thing about um, being at this age where you you do what the fuck you want to do. If you want to have a lot of sex, you do, and if you don't, you don't. I feel like when I was in my early thirties, I felt like a lot of times I had to. I begin because you have yep. that conception of this is my husband this is what a wife is supposed to do blah 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 blah. but once you begin to enjoy it it takes it to a whole nother level because it's no longer the pressure of you having to do it you're doing because you want to do it and if you don't if you don't feel like it you okay with that too you know what i'm saying right. it doesn't it doesn't take away from anything it's a lot of times we just be like listen i just need some intimacy tonight let's just let's just cuddle this spoon or whatever cuddle right okay, back that booty up, he'd be like, back that booty up right on over here, so let, me, let me wrap my arms around and we just go to sleep, and that's the beautiful thing, is now that we get older, it's like not this, it's, it's good, the sex is really, really good, but it ain't everything, like when you was in your 20s and shit, it was like everything, humping, 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 and jumping, and jumping, and jumping, and now it's just like, we don't relax into this shit. We enjoy it. We can do it whenever the hell we want to. Whether our kids are upstairs in the kitchen, we don't give a shit. And I pretty much don't really give a shit if they ever hear us because they probably hear us sooner or later. But well, like we, I said, we had that conversation. Oh yeah, you had well, to move yeah. your bed. <laughs> yeah, I had to move my bed across from from the wall. Even in that, it still wasn't an awkward conversation because again, I I need for my kids to know, like you know, hey, I we have sex and you know that's what uh, it's part of a healthy marriage or a a healthy Mm -hmm. partnership relationship is right we have sex or whatever um to wrap the episode up though i want to jump all the way back to the beginning when you were talking about your mother-in-law and her being 70 is still going so how, how how you know if you had to predict do you think you're gonna be doing it until you die or yeah let me Damn. tell you something. <laughs> You've been around me and my husband, my okay? Like, yep. Yep. Even if it's not with him. You know what I've told him? I said, you know, we don't know how long we'll be here, you know. Whatever happens between you and I, like, if if you go first, I go first, whatever. I never plan on getting married again, but I would definitely have me a dick appointment. Period. Okay period like you ain't about to be laying up over here you got to get the fuck up and leave at a certain time actually you're not about to even come to my house we about to have a set place with me you meet on certain at certain days and certain times 
hey, how you doing? What's going on? We may have a drink at the hotel bar. Just going up here and handle business, and I'll see you later. Like, I, I couldn't see myself getting into, like, another marriage or anything because I just know too much, and I just wouldn't do the shit again. But either way, if it's with my husband when I'm into my 70s or whoever, if he ain't around me, I'm still getting it. I don't give a shit. I'm still going to be getting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that thing up, mommy make it wrong yes <laughs> i will be <laughs> girl um i and i believe the same for myself i used to always say like especially in my 30s when my when my when my libido significantly decreased um and and that was directly stress stress related because mm-hmm. I was working my ass off and you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying and taking care of these kids by myself and all that. That was mm-hmm. directly stressful. Um, I used to always say then, like, you know, hey, about 60, 70, I'm going to put this thing up on the shelf. But now, it's like I have a whole different perspective on it. It's just like, nah, I'm probably, you know, I, I admire people who have healthy sex drives, you know, um, when they're when they're older because I think that's what keeps you young. It is. There is a saying um, as a nurse that we've always said, they may, as you get older, you may forget a lot of things, but they never forget about sex. I'm telling you, I've seen dementia, Alzheimer's having patients that ain't know their name from the moment across the goddamn street, but you best believe they ready to get it on straight up. (laughs) I think that's like one of the most interesting things and this really ain't have well, I guess it does have to do with sex and, and, and older age, but I think you and I have had the conversation, I have some other friends that uh, work mm-hmm. in healthcare, where as y'all have had that same experience, it's just like, you know, when you're working like within an assistant living center or a nursing home or whatever, it's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. patients will have sex with one another and sure y'all can't stop them. No. No, at one time, I don't know if you remember that, like HIV and stuff was very prevalent in the senior communities. And that was why um, I can tell you specifically, um, I shaped to the ancestors, one of my great aunt, one of my great uncles, um, I think it was, it was my grandma, yeah, my grandmother's um, brother. He was like well into his 60s. And what happened was he uh, was widowed and ended up getting with like, younger women and he ended up like getting an STD and they like where the hell you like 60 some years old where are you getting STD from he like just because I am like older doesn't mean that I my sexual desires have stopped and it doesn't like I've seen 80 year old men like still ready to get it in I've seen like <laughs> my senior citizen residents tipping into, into each other's room listen baby I've seen 70 some year old women fighting over a man up in the nursing home, okay? Because he was slinging that peen up in the nursing home. <laughs> okay? He done got him a couple of you know women. What? Okay? You know what? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close out this episode of The Girlfriend's Couch. We definitely appreciate y'all coming and having a conversation with us. It's been great as always. And we hope that it was informative and helpful. And the one key takeaway some key takeaways we can take away from this is definitely talk to your kids about sex. Yes. Uh, get into your sexuality and your sexual Absolutely. nature. Mm-hmm. And we don't care if you are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, or 80. Go ahead and twerk some. <laughs> <laughs>
about that thing, mommy. <laughs> for here on the girlfriend's house. We'll see you next time. I say. Yeah, I say. <laughs>